The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Happy Saturday. Happy Sunday. Happy Monday. Happy whatever day you decide to listen to this show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a jam packed show for you today. I have a lot to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you today in the context of kind of the way I'm going to talk to you going forward about not what we you were, not what the world was, not where we are today, but looking forward and asking some questions about what world do we want to live in? What world do we want to pass on to our kids and our grandkids and to the next generation? I want to take some stories that you've heard a lot about. I will be honest, these stories are stories you've heard a lot, a lot, a lot about over the last two to three weeks. But I want to take these stories and deal with them in a different way. Because I want to ask you some very, very principled questions. And I, there's going to be a team running through all of these. And it all revolves around you, how you're dealing with things right now. But also, having a sit down and relax and looking inward and kind of going, am I dealing with things the right way? Can I be better? How can I be better? Because the world is changing. And the world is changing very, very quickly. So here's some first thing I want to lay out, because I want to look at society today, just to lay the groundwork for the rest of this show, because I want to talk to you about your role in society, I want to talk to you about um, justice, and I mean real justice, so I'm very troubled by certain things that are happening right now, and we'll get to some stories about those, and I also want to talk to you about the NFL and your role within the NFL and how we're dealing with things right now. But to lay the groundwork, I want to just take a look, very quick, very brief look at society today. And I'd ask you a question. As we look at society broken down into different subsections, which I'm going to talk to you about, I would ask you just to think in your head, and your gut reaction to each one of these, to one question. Which of these has any credibility? And I don't necessarily mean to you. I mean in general in society today, to both left and right, to use those, those terms I can't stand, to use Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives. What bodies have credibility, mainstream credibility? First one, your church and religion. Does religion have credibility today? Does it mean what it says? Does it remain consistent? Does it always practice what it preaches? How does it treat other people? Does politics, as general, not individuals, but as politics, does the body politic have any credibility today? How about the Constitution? How about your founding fathers? Just thinking about the stories you've read over the last couple of weeks. I lost my mind this week. I don't know about you when I was reading 
You know, uh, if you know anything about me and, and your family history, you know I'm a big George Washington fanboy. I nearly lost my mind when I read that story about that church that decided, you know, there are some people and some people made complaints and they were uncomfortable and felt unsafe by a piece of metal uh, with his name on it, a plaque. And they've decided to take it down. I want to scream when I see stories like that because it's outrageous. Just think about the court system. Does the court system have any credibility? The lower courts, the circuit courts, the Ninth Circuit. How about the Supreme Court? Does that have any credibility today? How about government? And I don't mean, when I say government, I don't mean the House and the Senate. I mean government, you know, different bodies, the Department of Education, different bodies. Does that, the IRS, does that have any credibility? How about more bodies of government that maybe have a bigger impact on your life that you don't know about? Does the CIA have any credibility today? The FBI? How about the police? Does that have any credibility today? How about the brave men and women who fight for freedom around the world? The military, does that have any credibility in certain quarters today? How about doctors? How about healthcare people? Does that have any credibility? Or are they all just trying to get rich to buy the line? How about truth? Does truth have any credibility today? Think about that one. Does truth have any credibility today? Or do we just want to hear what we want to hear because it makes us feel better? How about the news and the media? Does that have any credibility? And then down to the hardest question of all. Do we, as individuals, have credibility? Do we have credibility? Let's come back to that one in a minute. Just because I want to lay the groundwork on society the, the way we're going right now. As confidence in organizations and, and departments and, and sort of big parts of our society, big parts like government and, and religion and churches and supreme courts and justices, they have a big part in our life and police. As we're seeing the decline in credibility, some of it justified, some of it not. Actually, quite a lot of it justified. It's hard to, obviously, it's hard to do blanket statements like that. But as we've seen the decline in credibility in, in all these different organizations, you're seeing a rise in a cult of personality, in the rise of, of powerful individuals. Now, this can be a bad thing. You look through the history of the world, you see a rise of powerful individuals gaining power for themselves and doing a lot of really bad things. But it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. Individualism is a wonderful thing if it's done right. You know, just looking at politics, look at the politics for last year. Again, let's not, I don't want to delve into it. I have no interest in discussing this. But if you look at the four main topical candidates, they all in their own way had a cult of personality about them. Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders. It, when you think of Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, you don't necessarily think, hey, Republican. When you think of Hillary Clinton and, and more so Bernie Sanders, you don't think, hey, Democrat. They were all cults of personality, especially someone like Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, the two kind of quintessential, even though Bernie Sa I always find it funny, Bernie Sanders is classed as an outsider. Guy's been in D.C. for since before the founders were born, along with John McCain. But he's been around forever. But just because he's a, quote-unquote, he has a little I beside his name instead of a D or an R, we go, well, that's, he's an outsider. 
Now, people will go, well, there you go, bashing politics again. Now, let me give you the positive side of an individual. We saw it two months ago in Houston. When organizations traditionally like the Red Cross would have been the big charity to go to, organizations like the Red Cross, to go to, to help the disaster, disaster relief in Houston. Who raised quite a lot of money? J.J. Walsh. Some people donated to him because they got caught up in the campaign because it was very well run. Some people donated because they knew him as a footballer. Other people knew him because of his prior good works in the community. But he outraised a lot of charities because we're going to this part in society where we're not trusting organizations, but we're getting to the individual. Again, this can be a positive or it can be a negative. It's not about the individual or, or the group. It's about what, who does what, who stands for what they stand for. The reason I'm laying this case out for you, because I want to get real personal now for you, I want to ask you some tough questions about you and your life. Who do you have credibility with? Do you have credibility with your family? Do you have credibility with your friends? If you go to church, do you have credibility there? Do you have credibility in your work? Do you have credibility in your community? So why am I starting out this question, this segment of the show, with this? Because quite honestly, the world is changing, and the world is changing very, very quickly. You saw, you're seeing major changes unfold in front of you. Politics was changed forever by Donald Trump. Hollywood has changed forever because of Harvey Weinstein. The reason I'm starting at this is because the world is changing so much and so quickly that it is critical if this is to make a better tomorrow, not today, not yesterday, but a better tomorrow, what we need is people of good integrity, of wit credibility, and who will act with sacred honor to be the leaders of tomorrow. If there's one thing conservatives can learn about the Harvey Weinstein and, and everything that's followed pa after that, it's this. If they will treat their own like this, can you imagine what they will treat conservatives and libertarians like? Can you imagine what they will treat people who actually believe in God and believe in freedom like? They are throwing everyone under the bus and they are not even blinking right now. What do, you, what do you think they'll do for us if we slip up? This should be the biggest warning sign to anyone of faith or anyone who has a conservative and a moral compass that says the time for it to be pure is right now. The time to be wholesome and to be totally clean and above the law is right now. Because this world is changing so much that I don't know what your role is. Your role might just be to have credibility in your inner circle, your family and your close friends. That is what is key for you. It might be on a bigger scale. It might be you might have ambitions to become the next president. If you are, I don't know why you're listening to me. But are to be the next congressperson or at your local government or at your federal government. You have to have credibility to change the world. That is what we need to learn from the Harvey Weinstein and everything else that has unfolded because the whole system seems to have fallen. Every day there's allegations. Every day there's new allegations. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking at them kind of going, could it be true? Sure. Nothing shocks you anymore. 
We live in this world where nothing shocks many people anymore. Honestly, if I said to you tomorrow, hey, guess, imagine I was live. And I was live doing this show, and all of a sudden this, this tweet came in. I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, I'm, I, I can't believe I'm reading this, but I'm just watching this video on Facebook Live. Martians have arrived on Earth. They're currently in, in, uh, in California. Would you go, what? Martians? Really? Extraterrestrial? Wow, we're not alone. Or would you just go, huh, wow, huh. Kind of knew that already, right? Area 51. Nothing shocks us anymore. What has to shock us is goodness. What has to shock us is doing the right thing. Because if we're in a society where all these allegations come out, we're expecting it. We're expecting people to be bad. We're just going, oh, he abused the kid. He he forced himself on a 14-year-old boy. Huh, who knew? Oh, he he slept around with loads of people and, and used his power in Hollywood or a power in office or his power in politics to you know to sleep with all these beautiful women or beautiful men. Huh. Wow. When we are not shocked by what's going on right now, it's it gives you a perfect summation of what most people think of society. Now when you're not shocked by horrific acts, you expect them. And other people will expect them. And then they follow on. Because, hey, everyone expects me to be a dirtbag, right? So I may as well be a dirtbag. No. We need to be the people that have credibility and honor in society and go, that's not me. That's not the people I hang around with. That's not the people I associate with. In my circle, and again, it, for you listening, your role might just be to have credibility in your family. Whether they agree with you or not. But to always be the one that's credible, kind of going, hey, I, I've been consistent. Hey, I'm, I've been a socialist my whole life. I'm consistent. I've been a constitutionist my whole life. I've been consistent. Have you got credibility in society? Just something to think about. Because I think right now we have a major deficit of credibility, of goodness, and of honor. And if we won't change it, who will? If the people who claim to have a moral compass, if the people who claim to see a bigger picture of freedom and liberty don't proclaim it and don't live it, who will? That is our responsibility. That is our duty. That is our calling. And now is the time to ensure we are crystal clear to the world, to our families, to our friends, to God, to everyone. That is not us. And we don't tolerate that type of action. Because here's the thing, and this is where we're going in the next segment. We need to have an honest conversation about justice. Not the Justice Department, but about justice. And what we want justice to be. Don't go anywhere, America, because I have some deep questions I want to talk to you about, about justice and the role of society right now and where we are going. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. 
progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom's Disciple On Demand. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Remember, this show drops every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. It's free. It's available anytime. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. Please consider inviting your friends and your family if you want, if you're enjoying where this show is going and, and you think that they'd get enjoyment out of it. Also, we drop each segment on Monday. Um, Monday around lunchtime, just so you have it, because I know sometimes the shows go really in-depth, and sometimes you can't listen to an hour because it takes a lot of thinking, and I, I ask you a lot of questions, and I apologize for that, but I, I, I really want to help you find out where you stand on the issues, not where I stand, where you stand, and I really want to try my best going forward to, with everything I do to to try and be that person who makes you question everything, and question with boldness, to find out where you stand on it. I want to talk to you today about your justice system and the justice system around the world. Now, full disclosure, everything I'm going to talk to you about over the next 15 to 20 minutes has been kind of, it's something I've wanted to talk about for a while, but everything, the questions have kind of been based around Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Bill O'Reilly, Robert Mueller. Yes, Robert Mueller will come up, but also the way we act in society. And the politics and Hillary Clinton as well. But I'd ask you just to try and forget about those people involved. Because I don't want to talk about their cases per se. What I want to talk to you about is actual justice. So the first question I have to ask you. And should it be? Is justice or should justice be blind? Because there's this train of thought out there right now. And it's defended by people who, you know, I have no reason not to respect. I just completely disagree with them. People like Mike Lee, who go out there and go, you know what, there's a reason why America doesn't put politicians in jail. Okay. The reason, by the way, is because it sends a bad message to the world of politicians been in jail, that you're jailing your political opponents, blah, 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 blah. Should justice be blind? Should it be? Should Lady Justice be actually like the statue, wearing a blindfold, and it doesn't matter who's in front of you? Or does it matter? Does it matter about your past experience? Does it matter what title you've held in society? Does it matter what job you, you have earned? Does it matter what your income level is? Should justice be blind? Think about that. Next thing, and this is one that troubles me on all sides, do you really want to live in a society that believes in the following team? You are innocent until proven guilty. Because everyone that I know says, yeah, I believe in innocence until proven guilty. Until it's someone they don't like going through something, and then they are literally ready to lock up the key. 
By the way, I've been guilty of this in the past. When I see terrorists and stuff, I'm like, just, <laughs> just go. If, if, so, if someone said to me, hey, John, there's this terrorist. Uh-huh. Innocent until proven guilty. No. That's my fault. I'm a flawed person. But this is about as, asking yourself principal questions. Do you believe innocence until proven guilty? Is that a world you want to live in? Next question. Here's a question that I see a lot. And let me give you a conversation I've had time and time again. And I will tell you who this conversation is about. It's about Hillary Clinton. I've had this from friends over and over and over again. John, she is the most corrupt politician, arguably, in American history. Mm -hmm. She should be in jail. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. That, is that a society you want to live in? Because here's the thing that you have to be very careful. Again, not, let's not focus in on Hillary Clinton. She's a really bad example. But doesn't matter what your opinion of someone is in regards to law. I think Hillary Clinton is one of the most corrupt, if not the most, cor not the most corrupt politician in the history. I'm not talking about modern history. I am talking in the history of America. Her level of corruption goes all the way back to the 70s and Watergate and Richard Nixon. That is how long we are talking. I love people talking about Uranium One right now, even though not many people are talking about it. And the last election in Russia. This girl, this woman, and I use that term very loosely, has a long track record of, of corruption. But do you want to live in a legal system that is based on your opinion? Or do you want a legal system that is not based on your opinion of someone, but what you can prove? What you can physically prove, and I don't mean me or you, I mean the system. You know, gathering evidence, doing your intel, interviewing witnesses. Next question. Right now, a lot of people on both sides, quote unquote, want to act like they want a witch hunt. All it takes right now, and let's just focus in on Hollywood for a minute. All it is taking right now for people, and I don't know if they're guilty or not really. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're not guilty. I just don't know. Honestly, I don't care. I have read, I probably have read about 20 articles in Harvey Weinstein, and he's the most. I read one on, or two on Kevin Spacey, and I just read an article earlier on on Dustin Hoffman. Or, and I've seen all these allegations. I've seen all the headlines. I haven't done research. So full disclosure, I'm not the most up to date on what's happening in Hollywood. But what you have right now is one allegation, you lose your job. That is called a witch hunt. Now, if these are people are guilty and there's evidence behind the scenes that they know they're going to go, hey, yeah, look, we've just got this piece of information. This guy is really a dirtbag. We can't, we're firing him. Okay, cool. That is up to the companies involved. But we are having a witch hunt because it's Hollywood, right? Everyone ha hates Hollywood. Hollywood sucks. They have been talking down to us for so long it's about time they got some of theirs. Is that the type of justice you want in society? Do you want a witch hunt? Or do you want a system of justice that actually deals with the case, deals with the facts, not opinion, but with facts, and actually prosecutes based on that? Because here's some questions for you. Think of something you've been accused of. 
And let's just say, let's just throw out the, let's give them worst example of all possible. Let's just take, pick your example and pretend you're guilty, right? Answer, answer the following questions knowing you are guilty. And think of something bad. I don't mean like, oh, well, 10 years ago I, I, I said I cursed someone out. I mean, like, think something really bad, right? Whatever's really bad in your world. And you're guilty. Do you have the following rights? Do you have a right to due process? Do you have a right to face your accuser? Do you have a right to respond and defend yourself? Do you have those rights? Or is it a case of you're guilty and you've neglected those rights? Or you don't, you're not liked in society, you're frowned upon in society. Hey, and that's by the way, just because people think I'm defending Hollywood now. In case you do, I'm not. Just, I'd just like to share a little news flash in case you've been missing in the world for the last 20 years. People like you and me, who are, I don't have any of these labels, but who are conservative Christians, we're usually the pe- people who have been tossed on the heap. So this, these affect us as much as everyone else. It just so happens to be everyone's focusing on, on Hollywood and sexual abuse. Let's just think, it might be them now, but it might be me and you tomorrow. So let's speak out about these rights if we believe we have them. And especially if some of them come from God and our creator and nature. So those questions again. Do you have a right to due process? Do you have a right to face your accusers? And do you have a right to respond and defend yourself? If you do have these rights, how do you fulfill them? How do you take them up? Even if you're guilty. Because right now, what we are seeing in society is, it is trial by a witch hunt, by the mob, and it is a trial of public opinion. Is this the society we want to live in? Is this a world we want to live in? Is this an America you want to live in? Where everything is based on opinion and in public. Or do we want a system that says, if you have had some grievance, because here's the thing, it is clear to me that in Hollywood, if all, let's just say, even a chunk of these or 50% of all these allegations are true, there is something seriously wrong in that culture that says there are women who just put up with this. I don't know whether it's pressure, whether it's just, hey, that's what you got to do, or, hey, you know, I'm just a young thing, I don't know my rights, and I don't want to rock the boat. Maybe it's a case of we need to empower these people, men, women, black, white, I don't care, gay, straight. To say, you have a right not to say no, to say no. You have a right not to put up with this. And that most people, even if you're, even if you're a big liberal and you come out and go, hey, I don't work because that guy said if I don't sleep with him, he wouldn't get me, he'd blackball me from Hollywood. I, I, there's not a person I know who'd go, that's wrong. She shouldn't have to put up with that. Now, obviously, you'd have to back it up with claims, but you have the right Not to put up with that. You should not put up with that. It is morally wrong. But this part that's going on for 10, 20, 30 years, it's clear something is wrong there. But how we respond right now is critical. What has to happen is a system of justice. But legal justice. Not by the mob, not by witch hunt, and not, not, by public opinion. Because I want to ask you one other question. 
And this is a question more so for America than the rest of the world, because this is more prevalent in America. It happens elsewhere, but this is really in America. And full disclosure, this is a question. I don't particularly like this guy. I have nothing in common with him, Bill O'Reilly. But it's not about Bill O'Reilly, this question. It's about a right. Do you have a right to pay someone off? Let's say you're innocent. Let's say someone comes up and goes, you know, John, you did this to me. Now, if you're coming to blackmail me, (laughs) I'm broke. I have no money, so good luck with that. Um, But let's just say I had Bill O'Reilly's bank account. Do I have a right to pay them off? Let's say I'm innocent. I have never done anything. I've done nothing wrong. I am totally clean. But someone accuses me of something, and I go, you know what? I just don't want to put up with that. I want to focus. I don't want to, even just the time consumed. Let's just say, let's forget the, the look of guilt or, you know, you just want it to go away. The time constraint, the mental abuse that you put up with. So if someone accuses you of something, you've got to go, hey, I've got to phone my lawyer, and my lawyer's on the clock. And then you've got to sit down and kind of go, okay, what have they accused you of? Okay, they've accused you of A, B, and C. And if it involves some type of you know, personal thing, okay, well, they're saying on January 1st, da-da-da-da, you did one, two, three, four. Okay, well, where were you on January 1st? Oh, I was there. Were you there? Who you with? Then you've got to talk to your friends. It is a time-consuming thing. But do you have a right to go, you know what? I'm really busy right now. I'm writing my next killing book. I, I, I'm on Glenn Beck every Friday. I'm doing my own show. I'm, I'm having meetings. I'm, I'm growing my own network. I'm, I'm doing this stuff. I'm spending time with my wife and kids. I say I'm writing the next two killing books. I'm writing Life in the Fast Lane, whatever it is. I just don't want to put up with you right now. Just here, here look, here's, here's X amount of money. Just go away. Do you have that right? Now, assume you're innocent. But even if you're guilty, do you have that right? Now, if you're guilty, it depends on what you're guilty of, because there is a legal process. You know, you can't go, hey, he beat me up, and I actually did beat him up. There's legal consequences, because then then that's assault and battery. You have to go through the legal system. But just an average little case, do you have that right? If you notice, I've asked loads of questions. I haven't given you my opinion. Because I don't want to share my opinion right now. I think it's pretty clear where I stand on a lot of those issues. Especially the, you know, the rights. But here is one thing I think we need to understand. Because what a lot of people do, and here's the last question I'll ask you in this. Does intent matter when it comes to the law? Because you see stories of people who said, hey, they broke the law. And you hear this excuse, well, they never meant to. Is ignorance an excuse? And should it be? Is, can people do the wrong thing just ignorantly? Is it possible to be wrong? Or is it, because you hear this excuse, they'd never do that. They can't, come on, John, they'd never do that. they never willfully know, break the law by doing that. Okay. So let's say that's 100% right. They never intended to break the law. They went in to whatever they were doing, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to come up with an example. They never meant to break the law, but they did. They went into a situation with the best intentions, but they broke the law. Does that matter? Now, it might matter when it comes to sentencing, but does it matter with guilt? Is the law crystal clear? If you break it, ignorance is an excuse, or is it not an excuse? 
Again, I, I will agree with you. When it comes to sentencing, hey, it's your first offense. You clearly never meant to it. I'm not going to throw the book at you and give you the maximum sentence. There, you can have some compromise. But when it comes to discussing things, does in ignorance matter? Or is breaking the law breaking the law? These are questions I would ask you just to think about this weekend, as a part, you know, about justice. Again, not what you lived in, necessarily. Not what you live in today, but what you want to live in tomorrow. Because here's the thing, and this is the last question. At every one of those questions I asked you, and I think here is the key question. Are you consistent? Is your answer the same regardless of who's on trial? If I said to you, hey, Donald Trump did X, Y, and Z, and your answer was ABC. If I then turned around and said to you, actually, you know what? That wasn't Donald Trump who did that. That was Hillary Clinton. Would your answer still be ABC? Hey, how about if I said, uh, this is Glenn Beck's. This is an accusation made against Glenn. And your answer was this. And then I actually turned around and said, you know what? Actually, that was Al Franken. Or Chuck Schumer, would your answer be the same? That is the fundamental question we have in society right now, especially with regards justice. Is it blind, and are we consistent in the way we approach things? Because either we want one set of laws based on, hey, what do we think? Oh, well, I like you, so it's okay. Hey, they're my side, they're my team. Hey, let's just let that one slide, or let's just ease it away. But if it's the other side, get them, pound them, lock them up. What system of justice do you want to live under? When we come back, I want to take this very much about the justice system, but I want to talk to you about Robert Mueller and some rights, not about the actual accusations, but about, again about the questions that have been raised about him and his team and some of the actions that he has done and his team have done over the last, I'm going to say, two weeks that I find very troubling. And I want to ask you some principal questions about that. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America, today. I I apologize for all the questions. I'm going to share these online on social media, also on my website, freedomsdisciple.com. Check it out. There's also, um, I'm starting to write columns um, based around the content that we're sharing. So I'd love it if you subscribe there, freedomsdisciple.com. You'll get, you will never get sales emails from me. You'll never be asked for donations. You'll never be asked for anything. I take your privacy very seriously. I take your time very seriously. And I don't want to waste it on here or on my site or anything I do. I want to talk to you. This, these questions are very much based around the whole Robert Mueller investigation. And I've got two main questions I want to ask you. Again, don't make it about Robert Mueller. Don't make it about um, the investigation into, into the whole Russia thing. Just ask. These are principal questions. And again, the answer should be ideally the same. Or if you're consistent, it should be the same regardless of the people involved. 
The first question is, one of the things I've always struggled with, especially, that, and I'll just make this about the Supreme Court really quickly, is we have poli- made everything political. We've made everything into a label. So we now have liberal judges and we have conservative judges on the Supreme Court. And everyone wants, if you're a liberal, you want a liberal justice. If you're a conservative, you want a conservative justice. For me, the Supreme Court should not be political. It should be, regardless of whether you believe it or not, it's the Constitution. If you have to go against something you find morally repugnant because it's in the Constitution and you're deciding and basing your rule of law on whether something is constitutional, it's black or white. Just because you rule a certain way does not mean, hey, that's your opinion. The reason I bring this up is because a lot of people are making talk about Robert Mueller. And again, I don't want to make this about him. I want to make this about how what system we want to live in going forward. Because what we are seeing right now is everything become political. So again, I'll make this, I'll be, the, I'll be the guinea pig for this example. So let's say someone is doing an investigation into me. Can a Democrat investigate me? Because what we're seeing right now is questions been raised about people who donated to a certain candidate. Is it possible to donate to a certain way, have a certain set of politics, but also have an honor about them that says, look, I may think this way politics, I may donate to these people because I like these people, even if they're corrupt people. But when it comes to investigation, I'm going to do the right thing. Or is it just another opportunity to score some political points? Because when you look at the body politics, and both sides, especially in America, are like this, but around the world, they want their side to look crystal clean and use everything they can about the other side and make them look like dirt. How about... Now, if people are acting bad, I'm not saying everyone's good, but if how about if we had a system that said, you know what, I'm going to judge you on the fruits of your labor. I don't care who you vote for. If you're fair, you can vote for Hillary Clinton. If you're fair in the investigation, if you're doing the right thing, even if it goes against my side and my guy, if there is evidence there, once you're acting consistently and fair to all sides of the matter. Should political donations or who you voted for or who you support matter? Is it possible just for one moment for someone to do their job and put their politics aside? Or in this society, do we ever let them? That is an interesting question. The other thing, second question I have. Do we have the patience in society or should we have the patience to let an investigation do its job? I know this is impossible to ask for with the 24-hour media cycle who are desperate, desperately clinging on, on both sides, for that piece of indictment or for that piece of news that makes them, something gives them talking points or something to talk and bash the other side about. Both sides are guilty of this. How about we have patience? Would that be a good thing? Because investigations, I know, I remember one person said this to me before, um, was he in the military or was he a cop? I can't remember. A guy said to me about, I'm going to say 10 years ago. I can't, I'm dreadful at timing, by the way. You, you know this if you've listened to me. Do you remember when 24 was like at its height? 
um, at its like Xena, everyone was watching 24. It, whenever it was on in America, it was big. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew Jack Bauer. I remember, I can't remember who he was, military investigation or he was a police. I'm going to say he was one or the other. And I, I, I brought it up to him. I, I go, oh, man, I can't wait. The 24 comes out in Ireland because we always, you know, we don't get it at the same time. I love that show. I love Jack Bauer. I think Kiefer Sutherland just plays the role brilliant. And he went, oh, I hate that show. And I went, why? It's so good. It's, 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 and I think my words were lifelike because, you know, the stories were always compelling. I'm talking like I'd seen it like maybe series three, series four. And he went, I hate that show. And I went, explain to me, why do you hate it? He says, it gives everyone the unrealistic expectations for society and for people who investigate others. And I went, what do you mean? He went, everyone, do you ever notice? It's all done in 24 hours. And like Jack Bauer, like investigates three cases in 24 hours. It's like he goes in and, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning and there's a terrorist attack. And then, you know, he saves the terrorist attack by lunchtime. And then there's, oh, there's another offshoot because there's another thing. And he'll have that solved by dinner time, And then there'll be something else happened. Someone took his kid or, or someone took, you know, there's another part of the story. And in 24 hours, he's dealt with three stories from start to finish. He never sleeps. He's totally good. Just hate that show. And I went, explain to me. And he went, like, that doesn't happen in real life. We don't solve three cases in 24 hours. It's impossible. Even just the legwork of just finding people, consoling people, talking to people, getting the evidence, finding the evidence, getting the ballistic reports, getting DNA, doing all the search. It just, it's a nightmare. It's not realistic. But everyone, because they watch 24 hours, goes, hey, what are you doing? Why, why are you taking so long? Sorry, that was a big side point. That was what he said back then. I'm asking this, but we look in society today, is it possible especially because this has started about Robert Mueller, who has pages upon pages to investigate, who has two political parties to investigate, who has other outside beings to investigate. Now, like if you've heard the news this week, the Washington Free Beacon also used Fusion GPS. It doesn't look like there's any wrongdoing, but they use them to investigate that, to investigate all the leads. Do we have the patience just to sit back and go, you know what, there's this investigation into Russia. They're going to look at Trump, they're going to look at Clinton, they're going to look at the GOP, they're going to look at the Democrats, and everyone else they find. Do we have the patience just all to sit back and go, let's look, and when the findings are out and everyone is done, everything is done, then we can make our assessment on, hey, he did a good job, he did a bad job, he did an average job, he was tough on them, but he was weak on them, or he should have done this, or he should have done that. How about that? Rather than this constant 24-hour news cycle, well, he, he's, he's, you know, he's going easy on Hillary and he'll never prosecute Hillary and, he, and he's out to get the, Demo- the Republicans because he's a Democrat and he liked Hillary Clinton, you know? All these media. Should we have patience in investigations? And my last question, because this is something I think, this really annoyed me about Robert Mueller and the people around him. This really annoyed me. It annoyed me from a legal sense, but it also annoyed me... Um, from a moral sense. Someone in that investigation broke their oath. Oaths are key for honour. They broke their oath by releasing last weekend that people were going to be indicted on Monday. Should people, whether it's a federal investigation or a local investigation, if they have access to information, should it be kept private? Or should it be leaked? Is there ever a good society that can leak? Because it annoyed me from a legal point of view. 
Because you do not break... I, you take oaths very seriously, or at least I do. If you don't like the rules, don't sign up. Don't take the oath. You don't just take an oath going, well, I'll just act whatever way I want anyway. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm only putting my hand on the Bible. It's not like it's anything important. They broke their oath. They broke their job. But also, imagine you're involved in a case, not, not Robert Mueller's case or not Paul Manafort or not any of these people. But you're involved in a case... And you release going, hey, there's someone going to be arrested. Let's say you're that person. You kind of go, you know what? I actually think I might be one of those people. Hmm. And they're now saying and leaking that I'm, there's going to be indictments and maybe arrests made on Monday. Hmm. I think I'm, there's a good chance they find me. I'm going to run. So there's a potential by that leak that the case loses someone, loses an important suspect, loses a potential lead. Because that lead could have been flipped and made someone bigger. By making that leak, you've tipped someone off. Should someone, should a society in a justice system have a system, a code, an oath, per se, of not releasing info until the case is done? These are questions I would ask you. And again, not what you've been, not what you are, but what you want to live in. What you want to live in. These are the questions that you are going to have to hand over. What society do you want to hand over to your kids and your grandkids? What justice system do you want to hand over? And then how do you act in your everyday lives? The principles you believe in, do you act accordingly? Don't go anywhere, America. When I come back, I want to take a total change, do a total different direction on the show. But it's matter. It's all consistent because it all revolves around how you act, how you think, and what your words and your deeds mean. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom's Disciple On Demand On the Blaze Radio Network Thank you so much for sticking with me, America Wow, I hope today you've enjoyed today's show I honestly can't believe it's I'm, This is the third show back It's this, this has flown, and I just want to thank everyone who's, who's listened, who's responded, who's reached out, who, even when they've disagreed with me. It's, it's, it's so, so amazing to be back, and I want to thank you for inviting me into your home or into your car or into your iPad for an hour each week or more if you listen to some of the short clips as well. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate your support. And now I'm going to ruin everything because I'm going to talk to you about something, and spoiler alert, I think I might annoy you with this segment, but I want to ask some questions, but I also want, I will share my opinion at the end. And that subject is the NFL. And I have some questions which some of you may not like or may not want to hear, but I think it's important we approach them. So before I get there, full disclosure, 
I love football. I had the honor of playing for a short period of time. I love the sport. I love the 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 psychological parts of it. I love the physical side of it. I love. I played on defensive end or defensive tackle, depending on the setup on the scheme we were running. I loved it. There is no better feeling on this earth than sacking a quarterback, especially in that minute where this quarterback knows you've got him and is just bracing for a hit, and then that groan when you die, drive that shoulder into him. That no better feeling. That's just me. Sorry, that was a bit creepy. Sorry, that sounded really bad. <laughs> but that's that's that sound if you've ever had the honor of tackling a quarterback at full speed. And bear in mind, when I say full speed, I mean John full speed of about one and a half miles per hour running sprinting. Because um, <laughs> I'm not skinny. You know, that might have this that might be another spoiler. I'm not skinny. But I love football. Again, if you follow me on social media, you also know I love the New York Giants. I'm a huge, huge, I'm a huge fan. I haven't watched a full game of football since week one. The last game I watched, the last bit of football, period, I watched. And I I don't know what week it was, but I can tell you, I was in JFK Airport and we were playing the Eagles. And I remember because on the plane, we were getting trounced like something like 21-3. And then I walk into JFK and everyone's around the bars. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, football's on the telly. I'm like, oh, it's the Giants. And we, they'd come all the way back in the fourth quarter and then they lost on a field goal. That's the last bit of football, Giants or any other team related. I love it, but I'm not watching. Why am I not watching? I'm not watching because of what is happening on the field and what the response to what's happening on the field is. And that is what I want to talk to you about. I want to raise some tough questions with you today. Firstly, let me share a theory with you before I ask the questions. I honestly think America, not just in the football, this is America as a whole, has a major deficit right now. And it is for especially our liberal friends, our democratic friends, who only ever see America, the country, been discussed. People who don't like America just think they don't see American exceptionalism the way we do because they only see it through countries' eyes. They see America, the country, and they go, well, there's countries, other countries. There's 200, depending on your definition or whose definition you use. There's at least 200 countries. I think the smallest definition is 192, and the largest is something like 214, you know, obviously depending on who you recognize or not. They see other countries. They see the American... They see people saying, well, you've got to stand for the American military. What's the exception about the American military? Every other country has militaries. Every other country has economies. Every other country has national resources. Every other country has currencies. Every other country has jobs, economies, everything. Why is America so exceptional? Other countries create things, not just America. And honestly, what I think the deficit, and one of the reasons I came back and I'm more passionate than I've ever been, is because it's not about the country. It's about the idea. That revolutionary idea that man is free. That revolutionary idea that man is sovereign. And man has certain rights. What do you think they come from? God, your creator, a stone, nature, Allah, wherever. You have certain rights. It's that idea 
that has been lost in translation. That revolutionary idea that changed the world. I believe that is what people are saying right now. Why is America exception? America is not exception. We're just like everyone else. You see this. They judge America by you know results in high school. Well, you know we're a hundred and something in math and hundred and something in English. How are we exceptional? That was a quote from the newsroom. Remember that show? I didn't watch it. I just saw the clip. Everyone judges all the things on human terms. And no one talks about America, the idea. But why am I frustrated with the NFL? This thing has been handled badly by the NFL. You stand for the national anthem. You pay your respects. Not necessarily for the military, by the way. You pay your respects for what a wonderful idea that changed the world. You pay your respects for a country that you were born in. You pay that respect for those who fought and died for that country. You pay your respects for those that fought and died overseas for the lives of other people. You pay your respects to everyone who has lived previously, who's living today, and who will live tomorrow and share that idea. You pay your respects. But what's frustrated me most is, and here's where I'd ask you some questions. First question. How many people have listened and not yelled on all sides? Where do you get with yelling? Where do you get when people say, you must do something? Makes people want to go, "Uh, actually, no. And by the way, if those who don't believe me, those who've had kids should be able to back this up by experience. Remember Remember when you had kids or you have grandkids, depending on your age? Remember when you used to have a vegetable that the kid wouldn't eat? For me, it was parsnips. My mother would try everything. She'd mix it up with the potatoes because it looked similar. She'd mix it up with carrots. She'd put gravy on it. She'd put it on loads of honey on it. I wasn't eating parsnips. The more she went, you've got to eat them parsnips. They're good for you. The more I went, no, they're not. No, I don't want to. No, I'm not. That means you go to bed early without sweets. Okay, that means I go to bed. I'm not eating parsnips. The more someone tells you you must do something, the more you are likely to go, no, I really don't. Second question, when has anybody ever got anything done by yelling? When do we become a being of just yelling and not listening? When I was growing up, there was an old saying, and it used to annoy the hell out of me, but the more and more I grow older, the more and more I understand the stuff I learned as a kid actually makes sense. And sometimes you have two ears and one mouth, use them in that proportion. Ironic, the person who talks on talk radio and who does interviews a lot is telling people to listen. But I try my best. I'd listen to every one of you, even when we disagree. The other question is mindset. How many people have a healthy mindset? And I would ask you two questions. One, when did we look at problems as a negative? America from its founding, had a great mindset. It saw a problem. But when it saw that problem, it saw opportunity. It saw an opportunity to make it better. We have a great opportunity right now. Whether we know it or not, even if people go, well, they won't listen to you, John. Okay, that's great. 
but there are other people surrounded them who might. We're in a culture where everyone wants to pit everyone against each other. You're seeing this by, on all sides. You see this in politics. It's left versus right. And we must hate each other. You see this by more the Democrats and some more moderate Republicans. You know what? It's, we need the middle class. It's the middle class versus the rich. You know, those rich don't pay their fair share. You see this with gender. You know, oh, it's those whitey. It's whitey keeping you down. You see this with gender. Oh, it's the white, white privilege. Sorry, gender. Uh, men. It's men. It's all these men. Men, men, men. Men are the bad. We have been pitted against each other. I see this in religion. Oh, oh, you're a Protestant? Well, I'm a Catholic. I have to hate you. We have been pitted against each other. How about we actually have a positive mindset? A mindset your founding fathers had and many generations had, where every problem was an opportunity to become better, to learn. How about we look at the NFL as an opportunity to not change the NFL? You're never going to change the NFL. Some of these stars will never listen to you. But the fans of the NFL, mice. Where we look at this kind of going, hey, you have this gripe against America, talk to me about it. Okay. And then you listen and you respond with love. What I spoke about last week in the Declaration of Independence, you respond in humble terms. And then when you respond, you kind of give your sales pitch for America. Not the country, the idea. The idea, that revolutionary idea. All men are created equal. All people have rights. I believe they have a right to life, a right to liberty, and a right to pursuit of happiness, the right to property. Talk about the Bill of Rights, right to free speech. It's a right for everyone. You're born with these rights. How about we give our best sales pitch then, but we do it in humble terms? How about we start looking at all these problems we have, not as problems, but as opportunities? Opportunities to advance a dialogue. Not me against you while well, you, you know, you're a different race to me or you're a different sex to me or you sleep with someone different to me or you're from a different class. It doesn't matter. You're a human being. I will talk to you as such. Now, if you don't talk to me as such, we won't have a long dialogue. But we will, I will start the dialogue. Because here's the last question I'll ask you today. And I know I've asked you a lot. NFL. If you are out there protesting the NFL right now, either you're just jumped on the bandwagon because you love protesting, this question is not for you. To those who are upset, and I join you, I'm frustrated. What is the ultimate aim for the NFL? Because I look at my friends on the NFL, uh, or who supported the NFL, they are talking about boycotts, they're talking about failure, they want the NFL to fail. They, get, they seem to get this great joy out of reporting every week. The ratings are down even more. What is the ultimate aim? Ultimate aim in your eyes for the NFL. Is it for the NFL to fail? Or is it for the NFL to realize the mistake they've made and to fix it? So many people today seem to want others to fail. Whether you believe it or not, or whether you want to question these numbers or not, the vast majority of Americans either identify or practice Christianity. What would Jesus, no, no, what, not what would Jesus do, what did Jesus do? The great thing about Christianity is salvation, is key to the message of faith. Faith. 
I'm not going to talk to you about fate right now. But what I want to ask you is your mindset. Even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you're a Jew or you're a Muslim or you're an atheist or a deist, whatever you are, Buddha, you, not, you should know something about Jesus. You should know the general story. Did Jesus go around saying, hey, go, when he, when he left and he said to the apostles, did he say, hey, go find, share the good news and spread my gospels and my, my story everywhere you go and my principles, the principles of love one another? Or did he say, go find out and find everyone who disagrees with me and beg them and hope they fail and wish failure upon them and then take glee out of their failure? I don't want anyone to fail, whether it's the NFL or whether it's the Democrats or whether it's Republicans. What I do hope is they understand and try to understand the greatness of America, the greatness of freedom, the greatness of individual liberty. Now, I might talk, you might say to myself, John, you're going to talk yourself blue in the face. I'm okay with that. I I am fully aware that what I'm talking about right now is not popular whether it be the NFL or individual liberty, we are at a time when individual liberty is at its lowest that I remember. I get that. But it still is is fundamentally right. It's not my right. It's not my truth. It is eternally true. I don't know how successful we will be on this mission. I can't promise it to you. The only promise I can give you is if we do nothing, we all lose. It's a guarantee. Take it to the bank. What is the ultimate aim in your eyes for the NFL? Is it to fail or is it to realize they made a mistake and to fix it and for us to forgive them if they ask for forgiveness? What is our role? What is their role? I hope today has given you plenty to think about. I'm sorry if I annoyed you at some stage asking questions you didn't like. I, didn't, I tried not to share too much of my opinion. I want you to think about where you stand on the issues and what society you want to live in, even if it's 100% the exact opposite to me. Because I want to discuss ideas with you, not about people, ideas of what world we want to hand off to our kids and our grandkids and to our great-grandkids. We have to give them hope. We have to give them something meaningful. And I think the only meaning, people come and go, but principles are forever. I thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed this hour. I will be back next week. By the way, all going well, next week's going to be a fantastic show. I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully this doesn't put the jinx on it. We're supposed to have Tim Ballard on of Operation Underground Railroad. Hopefully have him on next week. I want to share his story, his message. Anyone who knows me knows I'm very passionate about this organization, but I want to talk to you about his story as well. Have a beautiful week. Please share this with your friends or your family. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. It's free. It's available anytime. And we finish today the way we finish every week, America, by saluting the real heroes in society, your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets, the men and women who risk it all 24-7 for our freedoms, for our liberties, and for us to have a right to do what we do. And also, lastly, I salute you, the American people. Never ever forget, this show is very much emphasized on you, not anyone else. America is great because Americans are good. What society do you want to live in? You have a huge, huge say in it. 
Until next week, next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Have a beautiful week and I'll see you then. God bless. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 